This is the message from Connection Community Church for the Sunday, April 14th, 2013. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. last week, the Apostles' Creed is a statement of belief that was written about 1800 years ago in its earliest forms. When we say this creed together as a community of faith, we say that we believe in God the Father, in His Son, and in the Holy Spirit. Today we'll focus on His Son, Jesus, the Anointed One, the Messiah. We believe that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Fully human, yet fully divine. We'll continue our series today called I Believe. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones and I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am not able to worship with you today because I am serving as one of the spiritual directors on the Chrysalis weekend, but I'll be back next week. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you for this day. It's a day that you've made. God, help us center in and focus right now so that we could hear you speak to us. We thank you and praise you for this day and all days. And we pray this in your holy name. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. 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 Is that weird saying good morning to a screen? That's just a little bit weird there. I thought, you know, anyway, Amen. So let's jump, let's jump right in since Carrie prayed for us. The Apostles' Creed, an ancient statement of belief that we share together as a community of faith. Here at Connection, we typically share it during baptisms and during a disciple membership when people become disciple members. And uh, normally the creed, you just say straight through, but here we do it in kind of a question and answer form. Uh, last week we said, do you believe in God? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And, um, and when um, we looked at what that meant in a little bit more detail. And so our question for this morning is, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And the answer we give as we read the creed is, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. <clears throat> I believe in Jesus, is what we're talking about today. And then it says, Jesus Christ. As most of you know, that's not his last name, right? Not the last name. It describes, it's the description of who Jesus is is. It's the answer that Peter gave when Jesus says, who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ. 
Notice that the Christ, the Son of the living God from Matthew 16, 15 through 16. You are the Christ. Christ is a Greek word, as we've shared before, which means anointed. The Hebrew equivalent is the word Messiah. I believe in Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. We anoint, or in that time and day, day and time, they anointed kings. He is anointed to be the king. As Pastor Jared Wilson shares, calling Jesus the Christ bestows on him the full fulfillment of the Jesus expectation of the coming king, of the coming Messiah that they had talked about, read about in Scripture for centuries, the one sent by God to finally set all things right, to restore the kingdom and usher in this age of shalom, this age of peace. The Jews, it's interesting, were expecting the king to be God sent. But I'm not sure they were all expecting him to be God self. What a bonus. Not a mere earthly king, not even an earthly king like King David, which many were expecting, but a godly king, a God in the flesh king. Wow. Jesus, the Son of God, is the king of it all. Heaven and earth, king of the cosmos, king of all creation. Wow. I believe in Jesus Christ, his, God the Father's, only son, our Lord, his only son. The only son of God the Father, who we talked about God the Father last week, like father, like son. Maybe you've heard that expression. Well, that couldn't be more true than this. Like father, like son. We're reminded here of the passage in the book of John, 14th chapter, where Jesus is offering comfort to the disciples as he prepares them for what's going to come, his death, him leaving them physically uh, after three years together. It's a passage many of you probably have heard at a funeral. I, uh, I had a funeral this week in which we shared this, this passage of Scripture where Jesus tells the disciples that in his father's house, there are many rooms, and that he's going to prepare a place for them. And and if he goes to prepare a place for them, he will come back to them to be with him. You maybe have heard that. And then he tells them, you know the way to the place I'm going, he says. And Thomas, we've come to know him as Downing Thomas, speaking for the group says, they don't know where he's going, so... How, how, how in the world do they know the way there? Gotta love that guy. And Jesus tells them that he, Jesus, is the way and the truth and the life. And then he tells them that if they really knew him, I mean, they've been with him three years, if they really knew him, then they would know the Father. That seeing him, they've seen the Father. Philip says that if Jesus would just show them the Father, that would be enough. Haven't you often said that? God, if just show me, that would never be enough. God could say, I'm right here, it wouldn't be enough. Jesus proved that to him. Anyway, Jesus says, he says, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? 
The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who's doing the work. Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Wow. When I read this passage, I can't help but think of Carrie, if you're near her, she was on the screen, my wife, and, um, and our youngest daughter, Devin. I didn't warn you I was going to bring this up, but there's Devin. There's, if you've seen Devin, you've seen Carrie. Did I get an amen? If you've seen Devin, we have a picture, a wedding picture. It's ancient now, of course, but we have a, and it, when it used to hang in the house, people go, this is when Devin was like 16. I didn't know Devin was married. Well, duh. I didn't know Devin was married. And then we'd explain that that was Carrie. Of course, then they wondered who Carrie's first husband was, the thin guy with the brown hair. But anyway, that's another story for another day here. All right. If you've seen me, Jesus says, you've seen the Father. Like Father, like Son. God the Father and Jesus are two distinct persons. This is, this is the challenge. They're two distinct persons, and yet... When you see the Father, we see this, you know, there's, they're the same but different. It's interesting, isn't it? Two distinct persons, and yet you've seen one, you've seen the other. His only Son, our Lord, is what we say. We're reminded here of the Lordship of Christ, and that's a challenge here for us we don't have lords in this country, do we? If, if we were in England and that whole feudal system where you would bow down on a knee and give allegiance to someone in exchange for their protection, you know, you, 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 you will follow them, you will support them, and they protect you. you know, we don't have that. So it's kind of hard to understand this lordship, the, the one we would give allegiance, the one we would bow down to, the one who is number one in our lives. That's what lordship is all about. When we, when we use this term Lord with a capital L, it's really cool, though, because we can be referring to God the Father. We call God Lord, right? Lord God. We also use it to refer to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. See, they're different, but still the same. Both Lord. Who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. If you know the old version, it was Holy Ghost. That scares some people, I think. We say Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary. That's like a name, Virgin Mary, but actually it's Mary who was a virgin. Okay. As we said last week, especially at Christmas time, we talk about Mary and Joseph a lot, right? You see them in the manger looking over the new baby and everything, you know, the crush scenes and everything. But Joseph was, was Jesus' earthly father, but what we actually believe is he was Jesus' stepfather. First blended family, right? It's right there. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Because we believe, and this can be a challenge if you want to be, if you, you know, you just finished your 10th grade bio class, you go, how does that work? Uh, she's a virgin. She didn't get this either. She's going, the, when the angel tells you, how's this going to work now? I haven't been with a guy. Can, she's got this child inside of her and, and was conceived by God's Holy Spirit, not in the normal way, not with some human guy, but through God's Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit next week, but 
And so Mary gives birth to this child, and because that child was conceived by God's Holy Spirit, that child is truly the Son of God, isn't he? And, and, and it's our brains. Remember last week I said my brain will explode if I think, to, if I concentrate on this much, it's the challenge, isn't it? Think, God, you know, a lot of people have claimed that. Oh, it wasn't, I, a lot of girls have claimed that over the years, but this is the only true happening of it. <laughs> only playtime it really happened. And it's a stretch, but that's what we believe. Now, some people, it's too much of a stretch. They can't imagine how a child could be conceived other than by two humans. They claim to be Christ followers, and yet they don't believe in the virgin. We believe in the virgin birth, that God, uh, through the Holy Spirit, conceived this child in Mary. Hmm. Over the years, like I said, some haven't believed that. Some, it's too much of a stretch. Can't believe the child. And that's partly why these creeds come about, because uh, over the years there's heresies, there's belief that goes contrary to, to what we believe. And, and that's why in this creed it makes it very clear, very clear that we believe not just that he was born, but he was born of the virgin, impregnated by God's Holy Spirit product of a holy conception from God with this young girl. These think she was probably about maybe 12, 13 years old. Not unusual in that day and time. That union there. Incredible, isn't it? And, and here's the thing. Let me share with you from 1 uh, John here. Um, it says in 1 John, in the beginning, and this is the beginning of the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The Word is the second person of what we call the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Word's that second person. Notice it doesn't say Jesus there, does it? Because even though the Word existed from all time, existed from way before all time, has always been, just like God the Father, the person of Jesus Christ, that that Word be, did not exist until birth. Am I making sense here? That's why I'm not going to say Jesus existed. Jesus was a real person who came into being at a point in time. Now, that person was the human and flesh form of the Word that had been forever and always will be. But it's at a particular time that Jesus, the human, the man, came into existence. And that's, that's pretty wild when you think about it, isn't it? Pretty wild. But the thing is, see, when, when we say this, we're emphasizing the real nature of Jesus. And we say this, Jesus is fully human and yet fully divine. 100% human, 100% divine. If you take even elementary math, you know that you can't have 200%. Well, you can. You know, you can have prophets of 200%. You can have people who charge 200% of what something costs. So 200% does exist in our world. But we usually don't think of a person as 200%, 100% this, 100% that, right? How can you be fully human and fully divine? It's one or the other, but that's not true when it comes to Jesus. See, with God, all things are possible. Even 100% human, 100% divine. And that's just awesome, isn't it? Even though, once again, 
Some days it's hard to wrap your brain around both. You know, you say, gosh, I don't think I could handle that because some days I'm really human and some days I'm, but it's rare that both of them are operating in the same space, you know. Suffering under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. You know, the creed, any creed, doesn't tell the entire story. This doesn't tell Jesus' whole life story. Jesus gets more time on the creed than God the Father or the Holy Spirit. He gets like a whole paragraph. Those guys get sentenced. Holy Spirit gets a little bit. Jesus gets, but it's not his whole life story. It's not intended to share everything, but the very basic, the very core, the bottom line belief that we would go to the mat for of the faith. You know, it doesn't talk about how Jesus healed, how he delivered people from demons, how he, how he ministered to those around him. It, it doesn't talk about the, uh, the, the, the miracles, the feeding of the thousands, the, the, the walking on water we talked about, the, 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 the healing of the blind, the deaf, the mute, and the lame. It doesn't talk about any of those things. We don't find those in the creed. And it's not because those things aren't important. Of course they're important. But see, the primary role of this creed, the primary opportunity it gives us is to express our belief that God came to us in human form. In human form. Born of a woman, Mary, like you and like me, died. Reminds us that every one of us is going to die. Amen? Real human. Born like a human, died just as all humans die. And that he died at a particular place, at a particular time, at the hands of a particular individual, Pontius Pilate. That's the one name in there, isn't it? That and Mary. Pontius Pilate. A particular place, time, at the hands of a particular individual. In other words, this is not a story. This is not a legend. This is not a myth. This is real. This is real. A real person, Pontius Pilate, ordered the execution of a real person, Jesus. Refused to take, Pilate refused to take responsibility for this death, blaming it on the crowds who cried out, crucify, crucify, crucify. In fact, he even symbolically washed his hands as though he was washing his hands of this whole thing. But the truth is, Pontius Pilate did order the crucifixion, the execution, the death on a cross of this man who actually lived and breathed and walked, Jesus, the very Son of God. Often um, the reason a creed such as this written and shared in the community of faith is to offset contrary beliefs. There's a later creed called the Nicene Creed that goes into real over and over about how Jesus, pointing out how he is God because there were some heresies at the time that were trying to say otherwise. In this particular creed, when we say that Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried, it's to offset any thinking that maybe he never really died. Maybe he and maybe he was still breathing. Maybe, you know, and back in those days, they, they didn't have all this fancy instrumentation to see if you know, there's evidence of people, claw marks inside caskets from years ago where people weren't dead. You know what I mean? Uh, there's, 
Well, maybe he wasn't, maybe they put him in the tomb and he just, you know, got up and walked out. Because he was seen later in the flesh by people. Maybe it wasn't resurrection that people would say because maybe he never really died in the first place. But the purpose of this creed is with just a few simple words. We share them together as a community of faith. We affirm, we reaffirm what we not only believe, but what we know is true. And that is that Jesus the Christ absolutely and positively was crucified. He was nailed to a cross, ordered by a particular individual, Pontius Pilate, and as a result, he died and was buried. <coughs> no ifs, ands, or buts. It happened. Suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried, descended to the dead. Descended to the dead. Um, this might be the most challenging part of this creed for many of us. Um, when I was a kid, I, was, I grew up in a Presbyterian church up in Newark there. We didn't even say this part of the creed, and, and uh, that just wasn't part of it uh, for the Presbyterian church, at least at that time. Some churches say that, some churches don't. It all depends on the, on the tradition there. Some word it a little differently. Some, some versions say he descended into hell. Either way, it can be a challenge for us. Uh, the idea that Jesus, the most holy son of God, who lived a perfect life, a life without blemish, that this same Jesus died on a cross and then descended to the dead, descended to hell? That's a tough concept to wrap our brains around, isn't it? But that's what happened. For three days, Jesus was separated from God the Father. Remember on the cross where he says, why have you forsaken me? When he dies three days separated from God the Father, that's what it means to be dead, doesn't it? Be separated from the Father. Absent, removed. We, you know, we talk about hell often in terms of fire and brimstone, and those are good things to keep in mind. <laughs> Don't ever forget the fire. <laughs> but ultimately, isn't hell the separation from God? When you think about it, separation from God, isn't that hell? I think maybe you've been there for one reason or another sometime in your life. Separated from God. Maybe it was Maybe it was before you knew who Jesus was. Or maybe there was a time in your life where for whatever reason you were far from God. <clears throat> a time when you uh, allowed something, maybe it was to dissolve the relationship that you had, you and the one that created you. Maybe, maybe there's a time in your life where you kind of felt like Jesus on the cross there, that God had forsaken you. A time when in reality God was there all the time, but you forever, re for whatever reason, weren't aware of his presence. Maybe you're feeling that distance right now. Maybe, maybe you're kind of in hell right now, separated from God. Maybe you've been, or maybe you're right there in the midst of the dead place as we speak.
That's hell. And that's the place where Jesus went when he died on the cross. Went to the place where we would go if we truly got what we deserved. He went there in our place as a substitute for you and me. He went there in order to take our sins to the place where those sins belong. (laughs) He went there because he loves us so much, you and me, that he was willing to go to hell and back for us. That's how much Jesus loves you. That's how much he loves me. That's how much Jesus loves each and every one of us. Jesus descended to the the dead so that we don't have to. And here's the thing that kind of knocks me out when I really think about it, and probably you too. If you were the only person on earth, he would have done the same thing. He would have gone to hell and back just for you. Just for you. That's how much he loves you. But here's the good news. <laughs> it's always good to have good news, isn't it? On the third day, he rose again. Ascended into heaven. is seated at the right hand of God the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I'm glad they changed that. They used to say, judge the quick and the dead. I've never been very quick. So I'm glad they changed that and call it the living and the dead. Um, It works better for me. He descended to the dead, but he didn't stay there, did he? He didn't stay there. He rose. He resurrected. He actually spent some time visiting the disciples there after he resurrected, giving them some instruction, helping them understand what happened, having a snack or two with them. But here again, the creed is not intended to give us all the details, is it? Not all, but to hit the high points, and the high point is this. (laughs) Death couldn't control him, and the grave couldn't hold him. you got to love it. Death couldn't control him, and the grave couldn't hold him. In the cosmic battle, this cosmic battle of good and evil, of dark and light, of heaven and hell, you know who wins, don't we? We know who wins. He descended to the dead with our sin, And sin didn't win. Jesus did. Jesus did. Jesus won. He resurrected, ascended. Here's how Mark describes it in his book. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Isn't that awesome? Wouldn't you like to have seen that? Hey, Jesus. Whoa. That must have been a wild afternoon. Wow. Did you see that? Yeah, did you? Whoa. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. You know, the right hand seat's the seat of honor always, isn't it? That's the seat of honor at the right hand, the glory seat. And as he promised his disciples, Jesus will return. Jesus will come again in all of his glory. And he will judge the living and the dead. See, the beautiful thing is, if we know him, (laughs) 
we've got an in <laughs> when it comes to the judgment. He'll judge the living like father, like son. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. You know, believe means more than acknowledge. Satan acknowledges Jesus. He acknowledges that, that Jesus lived. I'm not sure we want to say Satan believes in Jesus. He, he believes Jesus exists. But that's not what we mean when we say, I believe. Believe means that not only know that Jesus lived and died, but that he lived and died for you and for me so that we can be forgiven of the sin that we commit, so that we might live through eternity too. Amen? Amen. Believe means that we want a relationship with Jesus, that we realize we're sinners in need of a Savior, and we can't save ourselves, and that Jesus is that Savior. I believe, here's a creed I have, I believe that Jesus is reaching out here this morning, reaching out at least to someone, but probably more than one, who doesn't know him yet as Savior, who knows of Jesus, but doesn't know and have a relationship with Jesus. And I believe he wants to be in relationship with you, if that's you. And I believe today is the day somebody here, I don't know who, and it might be more than one, hopefully, maybe several, he's going to say, Jesus, I need you to come into my life. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I can't save myself. But from what I hear, Jesus... Sounds like you're the one that can save me. I want to be in relationship with you, and I want it to start today. I think somebody here, and though it's really simple, you can just pray that. You can just say, you know, from your seat up front, or Laurie would be glad to walk you through that in the back. I know somebody here is just going, that's ringing with me here. Great. Talk to Laurie. Thank you. For others, some others maybe have said, yeah, I've done that. I've, I've, I've said, Jesus, I need a Savior. And, but here's the thing. Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. So maybe he's Savior, but he's not Lord yet. Because Lord says, you know, they, I, you're it. I'm, I'm giving my full allegiance to you, Jesus. I'm not holding anything back. You're my number one. And um, I'm going to trust you more fully. I'm going to surrender my life to you. I am yours. That's what it means when we say Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I think there's some here today who said, Jesus yeah, you're my Savior, and maybe today is time to say, Jesus, you're my Lord. And again, you can pray at your seat. Pray up on the steps on your knees. Jesus loves it when we're on our knees because we're just open. Again, 
Dave, Lori would love to pray you through what that means to be Lord. Completely Lord and Savior of your life. So that's what we have to share today. Uh, we're going to share the creed again. If, if, if you truly believe this, why don't you say along with me? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He ascended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I just want to say thank you for the day. Most Holy Christ, I pray that you will Touch those who don't know you as Savior. Please give strength and courage to those who look to you as Lord of their lives. Please help us to never forget to truly know that you are the very Son of the living God, fully human, fully divine, born, died, descended the dead, ascended, to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. We thank you, we praise you. All Connection Church said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.